Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We have been walking through the epistle of Ephesians. Uh, Epistle is a nice big word that simply means letter. Uh, Paul has been writing to the churches in Ephesus there, and we've been walking through this uh, letter there, and we've gone through the first uh, three chapters. We're well into the fourth chapter, and we're getting ready to come uh, to the end there. So we're getting ready to walk into uh, the practicality of what um, Paul has for us as we've been studying this and looking the, through this. So I do want to say, though, as we get ready to get into our, our text here this morning and get into our message, we have many visitors. We're so honored that you're here. We have a very, very strict rule about children in our services, and that is this. We expect them to be children. All right, so don't worry if you got kiddos, if they're moving around, if they're running around. If they get loud, guess what? I get louder, right? And so we're, we have a good time. Don't stress over that. We're so honored that you're here. We love children. So glad that they're a part of our service. And I always like to say, if they make it up to the platform, we'll have a good time up here as well. So I'm just so glad you came to worship with us today. Wasn't worship awesome? Amen. Singing, praising God. So good. <clears throat> Well, as I was thinking about this message and laying this out uh, this week and getting prepared for this, I kind of came to a topic to start us off that that might make you feel a little uncomfortable, and so let me put it to you this way. As adults, we all have, we have all battled the same physical battle in one way or another, and that's weight control. Did you think you'd come to church and think about weight control? For most of us, usually, I'm plumping that in with with me and stuff, we're usually tied into the side of losing weight, yet I don't know if you believe this or not, but there are actually people out there that actually want to gain weight and actually want to add to this. So there's a struggle on both sides of this. And while we know there's thousands of exercise and programs and pills and plans, there's really only one thing that can help us achieve the goals that we want. And to achieve that goal is life change. We need to change our life according to the ways that we're supposed to eat or not to eat to accomplish the goal that we want. The thing that happens, though, is that if we become successful in that, if we do uh, change our weight or change who we are, we like to call ourselves a new person. Look, I'm brand new, right? I'm totally changed, totally transformed. Well, I want to assure you, I don't want to talk about weight loss or weight gain today, but I do want to talk to you about that new person. Because Paul is talking about being a new person in Christ all through this letter. This is what he has been focusing on. He has gone through great lengths to lay out for us, for those of us who are in Christ, these certain things. And so let me stop there and say, what does it mean to be in Christ? This is Paul's term for those who are saved. Now that's another church word that we use. What does that mean? It means that those of us who have confessed our sin. Because the fact of the matter is we're all sinners. Every single one of us on this planet has fallen short of God's great glory. And we need to come to Him recognizing that we are sinners and that sin separates us from God. And we ask forgiveness of that sin. And we know that Jesus came in our place, went to the cross, died and rose again. And we, by faith, put our trust in Him. And we ask Him to come and be Lord of our lives. That's what the Bible says a person is who is saved, or what Paul calls being in Christ. And we have walked through that for many weeks uh, here in in this letter. Uh, But he tells us that if we are in Christ, we also know the foundation of who we are. Our identity is no longer in ourselves. Our identity is in Christ. 
If we are saved, we are a child of God. And that means that we uh, have God watching over us and we live different because of that. We know that we belong to a family, and that's uh, the body of Christ, the family of Christ, the universal body of all those who have accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. And he laid out, we looked at last week, what we as followers of Jesus, what those of us who are in Christ are to do in our lives. And today, Paul is bringing us to a very important warning. He wants to challenge us and warn us that we are not to, if we are in Christ, if we are saved, if we have accepted Him as Lord and Savior, we are not to go back to live the way that we lived before we were saved. And we're going to walk through that today and unpack that today and what that means. The, bo- the bottom line is that as a follower of Jesus, you are a new creation. You have been separated from the, your old sinful life, and you should not go back to it. You see, we have a problem that we live in this body of flesh. We have a problem that we tend to go back to the things that we know. Talking about weight loss, have you ever watched one of these TV shows out there called The, the Biggest Loser? Have you ever, have you ever seen that? Uh, there was time I was even heavier in my life, and if I saw a 15-passenger white van drive down the road, I wouldn't hid because they were taking fat people off the streets like crazy to put them on this, uh, on this uh, show. And uh, so anyways, they get these people on that, that show, and... And what they would do is they would help them to lose weight. And did you know, did you know that for the high, a high percentage of those who got done with that show and lost all of their weight when it was all said and done, they gained that weight back? Why? Because they weren't underneath the scrutiny of the, and the strict guidelines of their trainers and, the, and they weren't doing the diets the way that they needed to. They got back into life and they got back into the routine and they went back to what they knew and lived the way that they had lived before their life had changed. In church, spiritually speaking, we can do the same thing. And we need to guard against this. And that's why Paul really, in Pauline style, doesn't mince any words, and he plainly lays, lays this out for us. And we see this beginning in verse 17 of Ephesians chapter number 4. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to, uh, to practice even, excuse me, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Paul says, do not walk like the Gentiles. Now, again, you have to understand their culture. You have to understand that in the Jewish mind that there was only a Jew. If you were a Jew, you were one side of the coin. If you were a Gentile, you were the other side of the coin. Or if we were to put it in terms today, they would look at it as if you were a Jew, you were saved. You were in the group, or we would call in Christ. And if you were a Gentile, they said that would be a person who was lost, who didn't have a relationship. And the term walk here, and what he's referring to, is, is to live And so he plainly comes out and tells us plainly that we who are in Christ are to no longer live as those who are outside of Christ live. Those of us who are in Christ, we are not, who are saved, are no longer to live as sinful or as lost. Since we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you are no longer to live and look like the world. You are to live and look like Jesus Christ. And Paul makes this statement emphatic because he doesn't say, 
hey, I wish you would do this, or I hope that you do this, or could you kindly do this for me, or, or would you make this part of your life? He says, no, 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 no. There, there's no maybes in this. He says, if you're a follower of Christ, you must live as if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Do not live like the world. And Paul focuses on one main point in this that we're going to see, and he's focusing on the mind. As a child of God, you are not to think, which causes actions. You are not to think and act like the world. Do you realize that every one of your actions, the way you act and react in life, begins with your mind? Did you know that? It begins with the way that you think. It's the, it begins with the way that you've conditioned the way you think. It begins with the thoughts that you have or the things that you have trained yourself to. What is in your mind will come out in your body. What goes in comes out. And we'll look at that a little bit more as we go through. But Paul lays out and says, do not have the mindset of the lost. If you are now saved, do not have the mindset of of the lost. And he lays out three things for us to tell us why this is so dangerous for us. He says, first of all, because their understanding is, in, is darkened. They don't understand. The world is naturally against God. And man, we're seeing that more and more as we live in this world today. Their thinking is completely opposite of God. Have you ever noticed that what even, even basically morally we have been taught in our life, now in our world today, that what was good is now bad, what was right is now wrong, and what is wrong is now right. It's totally flipped. It's totally changed from just even basic common sense, basic common morality today has absolutely flipped on his head. And those of us who are in Christ know that our morality, know that what we get for who we are comes from God's Word, and we need to stand on that. But he says, listen, don't go back to what you were before. Or don't buy into the lies of the world because they don't understand anything about God. Not only that, because they don't any, understand anything about God, they, have alienated, they are alienated from God due to the hardness of their heart. Would you agree with me today, whether you're a churchgoer or not, that claiming the name of Jesus as your Lord and Savior or being a Christian today is not a, a famous position to be in? Our culture, our, you know, America used to be the, the Christian nation. America used to be known for, for those of us who ser serve God. And, and in our world today, in our culture today, in America today, that's a dangerous thing to say that you're a Christian because you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be put on the spot. Thank goodness we're not to the point where you lose your life, but that may come. Not only do they think different than God, they have no desire to align with God in any way. The Bible tells us that in and of our own nature, those of us outside of Christ, we love darkness. Man loves darkness. We're just, it's natural. It's who we are. It's, it's our default setting. Um, that we do not desire anything that is righteous of God. Now, we, we, we can be good moral people to the standards of the, of the world. We can, listen, I, I obeyed the speed limit within that five-mile gap that the cops give us, right? Uh, there, you know. Uh, I... I, I you know, don't cheat, uh, I, don't, I don't cheat others and stuff like that. I, I live in the morality of the world, but the truth of the matter is, is that God's morality is holiness, is perfectness, and none of us can attain that. And so the world hardens their heart against God. 
and says, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Their thinking is different. Their, uh, the hardness of their heart. And then they become the epitome of selfishness. Paul said in this passage that life becomes all about sustaining their sensuality. Do we not live in a day today that the number one thing is it's all about me? It's all about me. I don't care about you. I care about me. You're not going to walk on my rights. You're not going to go against me in any of this. They're greedy in every area of life. The reality is, is that for those who are lost, sin is their God. There's nothing that they can do about it. Whatever makes me happy, whatever makes me glad or good in all of this, what they think is right or what they think they're entitled to or who they hurt doesn't matter. There's only one person that matters, and that's them. That's the mindset of this world. And the result of this mindset is sin and only sin. Now, before we're saved, we're in that same boat. We're going to see that in a moment here, a little bit more in detail. But the reality is, is that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we who are saved, can step back into that same lifestyle. We can step back into that same mindset. We can step back into following the things of the world. And you know why we can do that? One of the main reasons we can do that is because we actually have an enemy who is a master manipulator. His name is Satan. It is absolutely amazing that Satan is uh, able to take the filth of this world and make it look beautiful and desirable. Do you know that? The filth of this world. Satan has the ability to deceive us so well that he can make the vile irresistible and make the holy look repulsive. He's good at it. He loves doing it. If you follow God, you'll have no fun in this life. But, but if you do what the world says, you'll, you'll go places. But isn't it always true that, that when we see the, the partying of the world and the excitement of the world, the only thing that I've saw, seen is that usually after that type of uh, night, if you go out doing that kind of thing, you're worshiping the porcelain God in the morning. How exciting is that? Right? Right? You see, what the world says is beautiful, what the world says is fun, what the world says is great, ends up destroying us and tearing us down. That's why Paul is so emphatic and said that we must stay away. For just being associated with the mindset of this world empowers Satan to tempt us and to draw us into that. You see, if you're a genuine child of God, Satan can't have your soul but he certainly can destroy your life. And if he knows he can't have your soul, he wants to destroy your life. And too many believers, too many Christians are falling for that because they're getting wrapped up in the lies of the world that they believe are truth and walking away from the truth of God. So how do we not fall into this? How do we not wind up being duped by Satan? How do we not get tempted and make these choices? Well, praise God, Paul tells us, in verse number 20, and he says this, he says, uh, verse 20 and 21, but that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him 
as the truth is in Jesus. So let's start with that second half there. He says, assuming, he's saying, listen, if you have heard the gospel message that I have just given to you, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and which I hope that you have, he says, then your mindset is totally different because of what God does in us and through us because of salvation. And he says, if you're in Jesus Christ, this is not what you've learned. You've learned this because of the world, but you've not learned this because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, you have learned how to live like Christ. He says, the mind of Christ is exactly the opposite of the world. This is the mindset you have been given as a believer. Because the Bible tells us, Paul writing to the church in uh, Corinth also said these words. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Those of us who accept Jesus as Lord and Savior are reborn, the Bible says, spiritually speaking. We're an absolutely new creation. The way that we think, the way that we uh, do life is absolutely different. He says, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You're totally changed. Your heart is no longer dark with sin. Your mind is no longer filled with the lies of the world. Both have been filled with the righteousness and the truth of Christ. Have you as a new Christian, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, left knowing that you've accepted Christ? And have you ever, ever just your new baby in Christ, and all of a sudden, something that you had done in your life before that didn't seem like it was any big deal, now there's something inside of you that says, hey, don't, don't do that, that's not good for you. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. That's the righteousness of Christ in you. That's, that's the power of God and the truth of Christ working through you. And he says, since you have been changed, since you have accepted Jesus Christ, you have been changed, and now you have the foundations of the truth of Christ inside of you. So then how should we live this life that God wants us to live, that we don't live in the world, but we live as Christ would have us to? Well, Paul gives us three main things, and really centers around one thing that we've already talked about, talking about the mind. In Ephesians 4.22, he says this, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Put off your old self. Well, what does that mean? All right, you know, can I just, uh, you know, un unzip my skin and walk out and put on some, you know, I wish that was easy, can't do that. What does that mean to get rid of your old self? Well, the old self, as I just explained to you, is who you were before you were saved. It's the old you that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ is taken away so that you become a new creation. Before you were saved, before you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you who were in complete bondage to sin, you who were unable to do anything that pleased God, you who were full of darkness, that's who we are without Jesus Christ. That's who we are in this world before we are saved. And that's the part that gets taken away when we are saved. Now, even though that part is taken away, unfortunately, it's never gone. It's never gone. It's like that, that sweater that your wife has been wanting to take to Goodwill for years, and every time she packs it in the bottom of the box, you find it, and you take it back, and you put it in your drawer because you want to wear it no matter how ugly everybody thinks it is, right? She wants it gone, or you think it's gone or out of sight, but you know where it is. You find it, and you put it back on. Even though the old self is taken away, we have the ability to put it back on again. We have the ability to go 
back. The Apostle Paul said this in, in his letter to the Romans. He says, and he even gets frustrated about it. He says, for I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. I'm in Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I know that I'm supposed to follow the truths of the Word of God. I know that I'm supposed to live this out in my life. I know that I'm supposed to look like Christ to the world. But the tempter comes in, the master manipulator comes in, and he tempts me. And I find myself going back to the stuff that I actually hate. And we find ourselves doing that, and that's the struggle that we have. You search, listen to me very carefully, church. Even though we are saved... Even though we genuinely have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we can go back to our old ways and we can choose sin and not righteousness and we can be a child of God and look like a child of the world. Now, we, if we are genuinely saved, we can't stay there for a long period of time, but that long period of time is dependent upon God, not our mindset, you see. So then how do we move from living like the world and falling back into that trap. And the key is this. Verse 23, Paul says, And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. The key to living as God would have us to live is through the renewal of our mind. I've already told you, I've already said to you, our mind is a very powerful thing. What you put in is what you become. Do you hear me? What you put into your mind is what you become. What you allow to be in your mind, what you allow to teach you, what you allow to saturate your mind is what comes out in who you are. <clears throat> if we saturate our mind with the world, we will be like the world. But if we saturate our mind with the Word of God, we will be like Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He says, listen, don't Put the things of the world in your mind as a believer and live by those standards, by what it says. Fill your mind and your heart with the Word of God and live according to those principles in your life. You say, but that's totally opposite of what the, what the world does. That's the point. You get it? That's the point. The world is going to always lead you to destruction, always going to lead you to despair, always lead you to, to things that are going to destroy you. But God's Word promises that He will give us an abundant life, a victorious life. A life that doesn't seem like what the world does, but, but we can have victory in all that we do. <clears throat> and so can I meddle for a moment? You guys love when I do that, don't you? You know what I believe our biggest problem in this is? It's called technology. Oh, no. Now, I'm not asking, I don't, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, or you'll understand what I'm saying. I'm not asking you to go back to an Amish existence, right, life, okay? Are you with me on that? There's nothing wrong with technology. We need it to go forward. But listen, church, do you realize that Satan is the prince of the power of the air? It's pretty interesting because the radio comes through radio waves through the air. Television comes through television waves through the air, our computers, our cell phones, all of this technology that we have is linked to the lies of the world. And the fact of the matter is, is that we are wired to these things 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Even right now, someone in here is getting some type of text or some type of message or some type of, of point on their, on their phone. Praise God, you're not looking. Don't check. But, uh, 
Listen to me very carefully. It's not that you will do what you allow in your mind. That's not, that's not it. It is you will be what you allow in your mind. Do you hear me? That's different. Because you can do something to stop. But when you condition your mind with the truths and the, uh, of the Word of God or the lies of this world, you will be one or the other. And the problem is, church, is that we as followers of Jesus Christ have one foot in the world and one foot in, in the Word of God, and we, and we get pulled one way or another. And most of us, many of us today, especially coming through the pandemic that we just came through, have been immersed into the world. And we totally forget about the truths and the promises of the Word of God. I had told you before I've done 16 years of student ministry, and this is what we would tell the teenagers all the time, garbage in, garbage out. Constantly putting the things of the world in your mind will make you live like the world. And if you're consumed with the things of the world, then you will neglect God. Do you hear me? If you are filled with the things of the world, you will neglect God. However, if you are consumed with the truth of Christ, the things of the world will seem like foolishness. Because the things of God only work. And so Paul emphasizes, how in the world do you live your life the way that you need to live as a follower of Jesus Christ? He says, put off your old self. Know that you're separated from that. If you're saved, that life is gone. Don't even look at it as pleasurable. Put it away. He says, then renew your mind with the Word of God, with the things uh, of God. He put it this way to the church in, in the, uh, Philippi. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And do you know what that is talking about, that list? That list is talking about the precious love letter of God that He has written for you to help you to live your life. Take the Word of God. Hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. Put the Word of God in your life even as a follower of Jesus Christ so that you don't go off the path because, listen, going off the path is destruction. Too many followers of Jesus Christ are living in torment and torture and, and heartache and, and broken hearts. But why? Not because God has abandoned them, but because they have left Him. They have taken the truths that they think of, of, of the world and they're actually lies and they've applied them to their lives and they have put this book on their shelf and they don't even know what it says. Oh church, I don't want you to be beaten up and dragged down and destroyed because that's what Satan wants. If you can't have your soul, he'll take your life. And God says, I want your soul and your life. And I promise you that if you follow my ways, if you follow my principles... Well, if you follow my principles, you'll have a new life. Because what he says here in verse 24 is this. You put off the old, you renew your mind, and in the process of renewing your mind, put on the new self. How many of you, like me, love when you get your brand new car? You, I've had new to me. But they take that little, that little uh, spray bottle and they put that new car smell. 
How do they know what that smells like? Anyways, they put that in there. And you're like, oh, my new car smells good. This is, remember, or you, or you get a new outfit or you get something. Remember how much, how proud you are of anything new you get? Well, that is you. You're a new person. You are changed. You, this is exciting. This is what God wants for you, that you will live in true righteousness and holiness. This means to live in the truth of what God says about you. And what does God say about you? Can I sum it up this way? Yeah, you're a sinner. Yeah, you sinned. But I have redeemed you. And no longer do I look at you as a sinner, but I look at you as a saint. And not only do I look at you as a saint, I look at you as my child. You're a child of God. And He loves you in a way that you can never, ever imagine. This is who you are. This is what Paul is getting to, the whole thing. This is who you are. This is who you are to listen to. So I close with this. The world always tears down while the Word of God is real life-changing and empowering truth that will always elevate you and move you to the next level and will always take you closer him. If you are in Christ today, if you are saved, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation. Don't go back to that old life because all it is is going to tear you down and destroy you and put on the new life that you have in Jesus Christ and live in his principles and his truth because it will give you victory in your life. Guaranteed. And you do this all by renewing your mind. So can I leave you with this statement? Renew your mind to remain new. Renew your mind. You see, everything in this life gets old. But as we continually renew our mind in the Lord, we get to stay new. Isn't that good? We get to walk through this life. I'm not telling you life will be perfect as a follower of Jesus Christ. We know that's not true. But we have a God that walks with us and carries us through and will give us victory in the hard times of life because we have followed the principles of God. Oh, please don't go back to that old life. For Christ died to take that life away from you. Live in your new life. Will you stand with me in God's house today?